I can't take my dog to the pond anymore because the ducks keep attacking him. That's what I get for buying a purebred dog. Welcome to Dad Tales, the podcast by dads for dads. Whether you're a new dad or a seasoned pro, we'll have something for you. Thanks for being here. Yo, what's up? The emphasis made all the difference in Did that it? joke. <laughs> I was wondering where it was going. It was a long one. And I, I was actually, like, you took me on a journey. I did. I did. And I do have a purebred dog, but she's never been attacked by ducks. How elitist of you. <laughs> yeah, well, it was my wife that made the decision. I guess that joke was probably not. It was sort of off color. I didn't mean it in an off color way. Anyway, strong start. Hey guys, welcome to Dad Tales. <laughs> welcome in. Welcome into Dad Tales. This is the happy Saturday. Yeah. Easter's tomorrow. So yeah. happy to uh, get to celebrate that. And yeah, it should be fun. So you having a good week? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this episode too, because um, I think we've brought someone on who dunks on me more than I dunk on you. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I finally have some reinforcements. There'll be, okay? some, there'll be some stability here. <laughs> I just had to play the music to be celebratory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, should we should we introduce our guest? We should. How, you do the honors. Okay, so we're very excited today to have the, the lovely, the the only Jay Breeden uh, on Dad Tales with us today. Are you, is he the only? We'll have to ask him. Well, I... See, I, I led into some discussion there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, Jay's a good friend, and uh, and he's got a couple, a couple cool things to talk to us about today. So, Jay, welcome. Jay, welcome in. You're, You're live. Guys, thanks for having me. Hey, I'm they, not sure what I did to deserve this, or if this honor, is dude. punishment for dunking on you constantly, Tom. <laughs> I just want you to know I appreciate it. It keeps me humble, so that's good. So and then I take all my aggression out on Ryan. Exactly, exactly. I'm so glad there's someone else on the podcast that can help me to team up against Tom, because I'm not very good about, you know, I just I walk into a lot of jokes. So. You do. It's Ryan's okay. been referring to me as the great equalizer, I believe. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's an awesome wrestler name. It is, yeah, yeah. That is, that is, yeah. Do you have like a, a mask, like a wrestling mask? You know, like Nacho Libre. Or yeah, something? it's got equal signs right across the forehead. <laughs> it's, it's great. Dad jokes all day. Dad jokes all day. Yeah, dude. Um, well, so hey, so what? So this is a great cocktail today. And actually, when we started Phenomenal. talking about about having you on, we we were like, what are, what cocktail are we gonna do? And one of your pieces of feedback to Tom and I, you're you're an avid listener, was. Quit doing like, hey, we're just drinking two ounces of this. Like, you know, you got to do a cocktail. This was like, real-time hate mail. It was, it was real-time hate mail, and uh, which was deserved. And, and, and so today yeah. we have a special cocktail. So actually... It's phenomenal. So, Jay, what is the cocktail today? What are we, we drinking? We are drinking a French 75. French 75. Anyone know who, what that's it's named for? Nope. Nope. It's named after a uh, machine gun from World War One. That was created by the French, and it doesn't taste like it was named after a machine gun. No, it's, it tastes not very French. Yeah, it, <laughs> what is the seventy-five in reference to? I think it's like, the caliber. caliber. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. cool, cool. So, Look at that history. Yeah, yeah I, I've never had this beverage before, and it's delicious. So, what we put in it, and uh, Jay, we'll let you speak a little bit to, to the the sparkling wine we floated on top of it. But the French, the French seventy-five, super easy to make. It's um. An ounce of gin, a half an ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of simple syrup. You shake that up, put it into a glass, and then you float about three inch, three 
ounces, not inches. I'm going to say inches. But hey, either way, what kind of day you're having. It depends yeah. on what kind of day you're having. You know, <laughs> you need to do a whole yard of wine, float it on top. You can. Oh, That's, that'd be a lot. Um, and, uh, and then you enjoy it. And we also, we, we put some bitters in it. What did we put in, what did we put in that today? We got uh, a little orange and a little spiced cherry. So we got almost like a cherry limeade, cherry lemonade situation going on. I think so it not, elevates it. It's, it's really good. It, it really does. It like, it adds, it adds a, Je ne sais quoi. Yes. Oui. So French. Oui, oui. <laughs> this is the French episode. Okay, by the way, has, there's a video of Orson Welles. You guys know who Orson Welles is? And he's like trying to record like a commercial about like French champagne and he's like had way too much champagne and he's like, oh, the French champagne. And he's like, he just can't keep it together. It's really funny. You should watch it. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, but back to the topic at hand. Um so, Jay, in the French 75, we floated some Casey Max Sparkling Blanc. Three inches, three ounces, three whatever. Three inches, three ounces. It, this is amazing. This is just really good on its own. Um, yeah, it and I it's know awesome. you you were the one who kind of uh, showed this to me and Tom, but maybe let's just talk a little bit about the this sparkling wine because I think it's really good, especially if you're from Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Casey Mack is a brand that was developed and created by a team uh, based here in in Kansas City. A couple of guys that I went to, well, a couple of guys and a gal that I went to high school with uh, started a company a few years ago called Aquam Venus, which means water to wines. Mm. And uh, in in the Latin. In the Latin. (laughs) And uh, as they were getting started, they were doing some importing, um, brought some wines in from Spain and South Africa. And then always were kind of interested in uh, creating their own brand and uh, wanted to really pay homage to the jazz history of Kansas City. Yeah. Um, so you'll notice, you know, the can has kind of a noir vibe yeah. and some, some mm-hmm. references to um, 18th and Vine and uh, the jazz district here in Kansas City. Heck yeah. So, really cool brand and label that they came up with. Uh, they work with a winemaker out in California who okay. has been voted one of the best sparkling winemakers in the country. Um, he grew up in Iowa on a farm. He's one of the only um, African, not one of the only, one of the few African-American winemakers in the game. Yeah. Um, so, he's awesome. got those Midwestern roots, uh, felt really connected to kind of the, the mission yeah. of the company and the organization. And uh, he just does some really, really cool stuff and uh, figured out how to make sparkling wine in a can, um, which is a little different process because if yeah. you have sparkling wine in a glass bottle, you can get a lot more pressure in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. But in a can, you have to kind of dial that back a little bit. So it's a good, good experiment, good process. And um, I think they came out with a great product. So there's a, a Blanc version. There's a rosé. There's a, a limeade version coming out oh, shortly cool. here. I think awesome. it'll be ready for this summer. And they're exploring some other uh, trendy flavors as well. Nice. That's awesome. Well, you and you mentioned the mission. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that's a huge part of this brand and this this wine too. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is the first brand to launch from the AV collection. Um, so the the plan is to continue building other brands and doing some private label wines from California. Um, some of the producers that uh, create the imported wines from the other countries as well. Um, and 
to really give back to the community along the way. Mm-hmm. So a portion of every, uh, for the sparkling wines in the can, they're sold in four packs. So a portion of every four pack and a portion of every 750 milliliter bottle that's sold is donated back to an organization, a nonprofit organization in the state where that can was sold. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, so here in Kansas City, um, they donate to Big Brothers Big Sisters, uh-huh. uh, to the Harmony Project Kansas City, um, and to a couple of other organizations on the Kansas side. Um, and they've identified, I think they sell this in 46 states or something close to that, and they identified an organization in every state so that as people are oh, that's cool. that's buying awesome. these um, in stores or online, that wherever, wherever that wine is landing, a donation is being made. That is so cool. I, I didn't know it was different in every state. I thought it was just one. That's that's awesome. That's and a lot of I'm sure a lot of thought went into those organizations as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, which is cool. You know, you can drink some wine and feel like you're making a difference too. Yeah, or make a difference, well, not just feel like. What's it. better than that? <laughs> there, no, it, it, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's awesome. I think that that's one of the coolest parts about it is you know, um, I mean that's what we all want to do: leave a mark in the community that we live, or you know, find a way to give give back. And, yeah. I just think, I mean, I just think that's cool. I, I love that they're in a can. Like, I just picture, like, yeah. I just picture going to the lake this summer. Oh, I yeah. mean, and it's like, and slaying some of these. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Floating in the water, having a good time, hanging out. And how much, so this is, this is how much wine in one, it's 250 mLs, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's so a it's, good. It's a third of a bottle. Um, they're, they're a little dangerous. I've, uh, I've stuffed a few in a golf bag and gone out and played around and, <laughs> You get to uh, hole nine and you're on number three and it's like, well, I might need to slow down. A so I, I, quick story. I caddied in high school for like three weeks cause it was terrible. And, uh, <laughs> one of the times that I went out, um, th- one of the caddies that I was with in the, in the foursome, he was like, uh, sir, your golf bag is really heavy. Like you have enough, do you have too many clubs? Like what's going on? And his buddies were like, Oh, you're too heavy, huh? And they unzipped it and pulled out like <laughs> bottles of Jack and bottles of wine. And it was like, dude, you're playing 18 holes. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, these cans would be much more uh, efficient. Yeah. They're very, they're very space efficient. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, you can fit you got, them. Got that slim line can. It's you a slim line just... can and yeah. it's stylish. It's... Absolutely. It is. It is. No, it, it's, it's super cool. So if people do want to order like, so I know we're in, I know we're obviously we're in, um, we're in Kansas city and I know you can get it around here. There's yeah. local liquor stores. You can get it out here, but if you're not in state, is there a place like if people are interested in this, they can, they can get it or, uh, or is it like in their local liquor store? Yeah. In the Kansas city area, it's available at seller rat, um, on the Missouri side at whole foods, uh, which was cool. a, kind oh, of a big deal to get into sweet. whole foods. Yeah. Um, and then on the Kansas side, uh, Justin's carries it over off of 87th street. And then it's also available for purchase at kcmac.com, K-A-Y-C-E-E-M-A-C.com. We'll link to it for yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll link yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate um, you guys. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you can buy, uh, buy just all, all of the Blanc. You can buy all of the Rosé. You can buy a mix, uh, mix pack of them. So uh, pick some of those up for the pool, for the lake. Yeah, it makes a really good French seventy-five too. I'm telling you, this is excellent. Yeah, this is very good. It's this great. Is, aside from the paper plane, which you also introduced me to, this is uh, maybe one of my new summer cocktails. It's, it's good. It's just it. There's something about gin. I don't know if you guys would agree, but 
there's something about the gin and the floral elements yes. and herbal elements that just makes it so it's so it's just refreshing. Yep. You know, like a gin even just a gin and tonic. Super I had a really good gin and tonic several months ago with this awesome, I think it was elderflower tonic water. And it was like, it was the best thing I've ever put in my body. <laughs> it was so good, dude. And the <laughs> rosemary and the gin, it was just perfect. It was so good. This guy's gins. over here calling you out about elitism and he's, and he's elderflower tonic. Elderflower. I know. Thank it you. wasn't my yeah. tonic. It, it was given to me. It was bestowed upon me. No, that, that's that's funny. So See, there's, there's a, that's, that was a layout. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he's a great equalizer. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, so tell us a little bit more. I know, um, like, I know you're, you're into wine, Jay. I know that you, you, uh, you have a lot of knowledge of it and I mean, which is awesome because I've learned a lot about wine from you in, in our conversations, but like what, I mean, like what got you into wine or how did you sort of start, you know, outside of just having a few bottles and enjoying it, you know, but how, you know, cause, cause it's more, because I know that you have more knowledge than yeah. just the typical, you know, like myself. So like what, what kind of got you into really learning more about wine? Well, I started as a consumer. <laughs> um, <and I'm, laughs> uh, I would consider myself a, uh, a connoisseur perhaps, uh, not quite an expert yet. Sure. Uh, but there's just, the more you learn about wine, like a lot of things, you realize how much you really don't know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so I know you've been telling stories about your father. Um, yeah. Both of you have. Um, and wine was actually one of the first, wine and golf were really like the first two places that I connected with my father on like oh, an cool. adult level. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. And so he, he, he worked for a guy who was, uh, who grew up in Argentina and um, got like just absolutely hooked on Malbec. Okay. Which is like a pretty yeah. earthy. It kind of sits between like um, maybe a Merlot and a Zinfandel mm-hmm. on the scale of you know full full bodiness. Not sure that's the right term. You're kind of you're you're not an expert. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Working on it. Um, you dabble. I dabble. So, um, <laughs> like, I just really got into like Malbec with my dad, and cool. we would try different Malbecs from different places and. Um, Argentina is super variable in geography. So there's high altitude Malbecs, there's low altitude. Um, and I just, I, I found that absolutely fascinating how like altitude and soil and all of these different things affect the way that the wine tastes when yeah. it comes out of the sure. bottle. Yeah. Um, and part of that was just sort of like fascination. Um, and part of it was like being able to nerd out with my dad, who's a food scientist right. by training um, about wine and kind of the different aspects of it. So that was uh, aside from like, you know, occasional uh, sips and trips down, down the Boone's farm lane in, uh, <laughs> in college. Um, yeah. That was really like my, my reintroduction, if you will, to wine. Sure. Um, and then I think the next phase of it from like consumer into connoisseur, yeah. uh, I got really into cooking mm. after okay. college. Yeah. So like through college, I would guess similar to a lot of other uh, young men who are on their own for the first time. I ate a ton of like chicken breast and frozen hamburgers and boxed pasta. Chef yeah. Mike. 
the microwave, Chef Mike. <laughs> Chef Mike. Mike. He's and, your buddy. Speaking and, of, uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, his sous chef foreman. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Did you burn your foot like Michael Scott? <laughs> that's the real question. You know, that's the first Office episode I ever saw. That was a wonderful introduction to Michael Scott. Doesn't Absolutely. he like, doesn't really quick, doesn't he like run the marathon after he like, bur- like burns his foot? Like, isn't that like he's like going to run a marathon or whatever and then he like. Yeah. gets out of bed and burns his foot and then he like still does it or something. Yeah, the only I... thing that sticks in my mind after that episode is his foot's just like wrapped in plastic <laughs> and he's just like crutching into the office. It's so funny. That's hilarious. Anyways, sorry. So, so, so you got really into cooking. So I was, you know, I, was, I got out of school and I had my first real job and I went to the grocery store and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going to do something else. Oh. So I... Uh, I started doing some research, which is kind of how I approached problems, and this was a problem (laughs) in my life. (laughs) So I was, like, reading a bunch of recipes, and I signed up for some cooking classes, and what goes better with good food than good wine? Sure. Um, And so I started learning, like, I'd been, I was kind of a, like, for for no, absolutely no reason, I was just a red wine snob. And when people were like, oh, I'm going to have a... I'll have a glass of white or I'll have a glass of bubbles. I was like, why? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why? The only wine is red wine. <laughs> why would you subject yourself to that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Elitist. Elitist. And, and I was yeah. totally, totally wrong. Um, and cooking, like a lot of recipes call for different types of wine to go, especially like French recipes. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, when you're going back to the, the basics and the traditional techniques of cooking, a lot of the sauces, a lot of the, the techniques involve using wine to um, either for flavoring or deglazing or, um, you know, just different different ways of cooking different things. Sure. Um, and so I got into some white wines. I love Albarinos. Um, they're like uh, higher salinity. They have a little bit of minerality mm. um, and they make some really killer Albarinos and the northern part of Spain, and um, they're starting to make some cool ones out in um, out in California. Um, got into some different rosés. Uh, expanded from like I knew basically Malbec and Cab, and expanded to cover most uh, most of the the red wine spectrum. Um, and yeah, just really started like leaning into the knowledge um, and doing a lot of reading, a lot of research, a uh, lot of consuming, um, market research. Right? Yes, right. that's exactly, exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, and I was just going to say, it is cool because wine is one of those things where like, kind of like when we explore cocktails on the show, Ryan always brings up some history or some importance, right? Like it's got a location, it's got a geography about it. It's got a story behind it. There are multiple. There are. <laughs> There what? Terroir. 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 There, there are like <laughs> multiple things influencing this bottle. Yeah. And not every bottle is the same, right? Even grapes that come from the same place, like every bottle is different. And I think that goes to, I mean, there's, that goes to show that like when it comes to drinking wine or like drinking alcohol in general, like it doesn't just have to be like ripping shots, yeah. right? Like there's, there's some sort of not class, but just like, there's a reason behind things, you know, there's, there's a story to it. I think that for sure, it almost makes you enjoy the the glass of wine more. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Or the glass of beer, whatever you're drinking, whatever you're drinking, there's, there's a story behind everything. Um, and I think one of the really cool things that I got the opportunity to do with Aquam Vinos, um, 
I have been uh, a casual advisor to the team, a brand yeah. ambassador. Um, been really fortunate to just be kind of along for the ride. And um, part of that was that I got to go to Spain with them on the uh, a sourcing trip. And oh, cool. So I was picturing the, the guys who run the company are absolutely phenomenal at yeah. what they do. They, they know their stuff cold. Um, they've done a ton of upfront work. And... I don't know. For whatever reason, I was picturing that like we're going to get off this plane in Madrid and drive up into the mountains and walk up to these big wooden doors and like knock on the mountain, <laughs> knock on the like door at the, the beast, top of the kind mountain. Of, yeah. You know? And like <laughs> and be like, "Hey, the Americans are here. Can we come in and taste some wine?" Sample your wine, please. Yeah. 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 Um and that totally wasn't what happened. Like we, we, we met these, uh, we, we met various people in various coffee shops because if in Spain, if you're not drinking wine, you're drinking coffee yeah. And, yeah. and eating tortilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just really cool to go and like meet the winemakers, mm-hmm. learn their story, understand who they are, why they make wine. Um, the, one of the, um, the producers, the winemaker, she is fourth generation. Her family's owned this winery since um, the mid 1800s. Wow. Uh, her great grandfather started this cava producer up in the hills outside of Barcelona. Wow. And um, they make some killer cava. It's really good. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And um, so we went, we met them, uh, we met her, we met her husband, we met her kids. We toured the entire facility, all of their vineyards. Um, they brought a couple of bottles out into the vineyards. Like the best, t- the best place to taste wine is in the vineyard <laughs> where it was grown. And then yeah. they brought us like they brought us into their home. They basically made us part of their family. They they cooked us this beautiful meal, um, served under this pergola, looking out across the fields. Um, and then it was like. So that's the the romantic part sure. of of being on a sourcing trip. Yeah, and that stopped at like eleven a.m. And then <laughs> you get into the serious part of it, which is they make uh, a couple of still wines and a bunch of sparkling wines. And they have like seven or eight different wines, wow. and you got to taste through all of them and take copious notes and figure out like, will these wines be attractive? In the American market, can we sell them? Do they have a place? Are they at the right price point? Like, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And that's what a lot of people don't see. Like, sure. there's so much romance around wine. Sure. But in the end, like, vineyards are just farms. They're just fancy yeah. farms. Yeah. But there's a lot of blood and sweat and tears and generations of work that goes into building those things. And it's just, it's just super cool to, like to your point, to understand the story and where that comes from. Yeah. And I think it makes that glass taste so much better. Yeah. It, no doubt. Yeah. It's, it truly is full bodied, right? Like it's, it's not just the flavor. It's, it's the history. And that, that is cool. And even the, even the hard work of tasting and figure, I mean, that, that's the work that you and your team did, you know, I don't know. That's very cool to me. It's very cool. So for the average wine consumer out there, like myself, who, started drinking like Riesling and two buck Chuck. And I've, I've graduated. I currently have a box of wine yeah. in my, in my pantry, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong. With yeah. It, but you know, they, nothing like cracking is, a bottle. This is a judgment free zone. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. 
no elitism here. Yeah, well, there's no elitism here. Except welcome. for except for from you. So we won't. Yeah. Sorry. That's no, okay. I'll try and be better, guys. <laughs> but but for the average consumer, like I think sometimes people equate like I'm going to go buy a eighty dollar bottle of wine, and that means I'm drinking good wine. And oh, he's shaking his head already. Yeah, Dude, you're not even. Done so with you your know, I, you know where I'm going with this. But <laughs> does and I, I know the I know the answer to this, but I think for for people out there and I think whiskey other yeah. spirits are the same way like I think sometimes people equate a high price point with a quality spirit and I don't think that's true would what what would you say to that question uh, I would say I 100% agree with you that it does not equate um, there are so many things that go into the price point of a wine um, some of it is truly just scarcity like you're a really small producer and it's you and your brother and sister and kids, and you're the ones farming the fields. And yep. you don't have a huge um, output every year. Sure. And you make like five barrels, and that is everything that you have to live on for the entire year. Yep. And to like plant and, and grow the next year's vintage. Um, and then there's some wines that are high prices because it's a, it's a branding thing, right? Like sure. it's a, we're going to put a, a luxury label and a luxury price tag on this. Um, and then there's some stuff that is truly just, there's so much demand for it that they have to raise the price point because um, that allows them to go and produce more of it. And yeah. um, there's, there's a limited supply. Sure. So, um, what I so what do you like look for? Like if you were like, so if you're looking for looking for a wine, let's just say, and you know take price point out of it. Like what are the things that you're sort of looking for that you would say, oh yeah, that might be good to try? Or I mean, I know some of it's just trial and error, right? Mm-hmm. But some of it, I'm sure some of it is like where it comes from, things like that. Yeah, it it really depends on. I I think first of all, like what? Why am I drinking this wine? Am I drinking it? by itself or am I going to drink it with a meal? Sure. Um, and then there, I will say that like once you get below three or $4 a bottle, um, it's, you know what you're getting into. It's cooking yeah. wine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's cooking wine. It's cooking yeah. wine. Yeah. You know what you're getting Hangover into. Hangover city. Um, <laughs> the tan, a lot of tannins, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. I, I... Wine words. Yeah. Tannins. Tannins. Yeah. yeah. Sulfites. See, I, yeah. I know my stuff. If you, you know. drink wine in Italy, there's no hangover, right? That's true. <laughs> That's what they told me. <laughs> they were wrong. Probably weren't they? I was okay. <laughs> you were, How was your wife? Yeah. Oh, were you 20? Yes. Were you like 20 years old? No, no. <laughs> it was not my honeymoon. I was okay. Cause I wasn't a legal drinking age. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyways. Um, so if I'm, if I'm drinking something by itself, like if I know that I'm just going to sit down and, and have a, a glass or two of wine and, and hang out, um, play games, whatever, I'll get something that's a little bit more full bodied. So, um, just something that's going to stand alone. On, sure. Like, right. Um, and generally like average price point, I'm looking like 10 to $20 a bottle. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, yep. good to know. I, I think that's, I think you can find a lot of really, really great stuff. Um, a lot of people are guilty of this and we actually built this into, as we were kind of looking at building out the Aquavinos portfolio, like labels matter. Yeah. And people pick wines based on labels. 
That's so, interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm very guilty of that, and I pick stuff that I like think because it looks cool, looks or because cool. yeah, okay. Um, Me too. <laughs> Dave Matthews Dreaming Tree. Yeah, I, I crush. buy it at Target all crush. the time. There, the yeah, yep. yep. Um, and then depending on what wine store you go to, um, a lot of them will have like different kind of scales. So they'll have you know um, light to full bodied. They'll have sweet to dry. And sometimes I'll have different tasting notes in there. Um, I like really big, full-bodied wines, your Zinfandels, your Cabs, um, red blends that have a lot of, like, cherry and blackcurrant and um, red, like, deep, dark red fruits, Mm -hmm. chocolate, tobacco, that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, If I'm looking for something that I'm going to drink with a meal, it's a totally different ballgame. There's some, like, loose rules around what to drink with what it doesn't really matter i mean you can drink a really light bodied like a pinot with a fish like right i've had some really killer meals that were um you know salmon and pinot Mm -hmm. um you can drink white wine with a sausage pasta um because a lot of that acid offsets the fat like there's um you just kind of you know play around with it a little bit um But think, I always think of meals and wine and, and com- the combination of all of the above, um, trying to balance like the salt, the fat, the heat, the acid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're, if you're making or, or cooking a really fatty meal, big steaks, big burgers, um, lamb, something like that, you don't always need a big red. You could get yeah. a, you know, a, a medium to high acid white Especially on a summer day, yeah. like if you're doing it's like grilled, cut through some of that grilled yeah. lamb chops and a, a glass of like Sauvignon Blanc is awesome. Yeah, I think that's a really that's really an interesting, interesting way of thinking about it <clears throat> because yeah, a lot of people stick with that classic like you know red beef, white chicken, whatever. Yeah, but like to think about the the food science behind it, which I know is in your in your background, it's in, blood, in, your, in blood. your blood. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just another cool thing. I mean, yeah, like. Whatever, like growing up, people are always like, "Oh, you drink wine, like, Bleh. but like it's very cool." And it maybe I'm just getting older, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I think it's very cool. Like, there's a lot of all these different elements go into it. Um, yeah, I am also guilty of always picking the the red, the merlot, the uh, the uh, malbec. I love malbec. Yeah, but I I, I need to I need to try more. We wine. drink a lot of pinot noir. Me and Megan, I do. Really, we yeah. just really like it. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I think it's the sweet. I just can't do too much sweet. So I like a fuller flavor, something that's a little more earthy. You should try the, from uh, Aquamvinas, you should try the Bobal. Is it, did I say that yeah, right? Yeah, oh, it's yeah, so earthy. good. It's like cool. earthy, but it's really good. I'll have to pick up a bottle. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Sweet. Yeah, it's super good. So, no, that, uh, so yeah, I mean, I just think, I don't know, just the, all of the wine stuff is just, is super interesting, but, um, Tom, I think you had a specific question. You told me about it earlier because we were laughing, <laughs> laughing about it. Uh, oh boy! Um, about because last episode we talked about how I I worked at McDonald's in That's high my school. Question. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to ask the question for you. I don't remember the question, so go ahead. <laughs> the the preparation. Once again, right. I just you know <laughs> my back my back is just aching from carrying this man shoulders. My shoulders. Be I've been excellent during yeah. this interview. What are you talking about? <laughs> You've been very good during the interview. We'll it's pull back the-, the curtain a little bit here. Dad tales after after episode. 
No, you're like the you're like the you're like the NBA player who like shows up late to practice, like doesn't practice. come to his doesn't come to his physical on time, but then like during the game drops like forty points. Thank That's you. like that is that is you. Yeah, you show up when it counts, man. <laughs> okay, so the last I episode, I really don't remember. My no, it's question, okay. Sorry. It's okay. It's fine. I'm just giving you trouble. So during the last episode, Tom and I talked about how I shared my story of how I got fired in high school because I um I took two and a half weeks off to watch the Athens Olympics. Uh, which, which uh, was it. a learning lesson. It worth it. Worth it. <laughs> I ended up working at Best Buy. It was fine. Did you have any high school jobs? And did you, like me, take off two and a half weeks for the Olympics? I'm guessing the second part to that is no. But I'll let you answer. Yeah, the answer to the former is yes, and the latter, uh, no. <laughs> I, I did, however, spend. Um, there was a summer that the World Cup was on. I forget which country it was in, but the game started at like. 2 a.m. and was it Italy? It might have been Italy. Yeah. Um, and headbutt? was that the headbutt game? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah during boy, the final, he headbutted Zinedine Zidane. Yeah, he just, yeah, he just absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it must have been that summer, and I, I was working at um, a golf course here. Okay. And uh, not a caddy. I, I'm not that elite. I, um, I was <laughs> not. It was the furthest thing, dude. I was outside services, I believe, was my official job title. I've done that too. Um, <laughs> wipe, wiping down carts, picking balls off the range, yeah. um, which I'll come back to that in a minute. But Yeah, I was, um, yeah, was going to say, we need to hear a little bit about that. So I would like, we'd have sleepovers with, um, you know, few a handful of guys that were like interested in watching the world cup and yeah i'd get up at two o'clock and watch a soccer game go back to sleep for three or four hours and then show up at um at the golf course at like 9 a.m mm-hmm. and i was late a few times and you know my mom had to get on my case a little bit and had i been like two years i think i was 14 or something at the time had i been two years older i'm sure the golf course manager would have thought i was just hung over right but i was just like an innocent 14 year old yeah he's like no i soccer. love soccer yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a reference i yeah. got it <laughs> oh, gosh. okay so going back to high school jobs man yeah I, I don't know if there are any good high school jobs i think maybe the only one is like Waterway, I feel like they pay really well. It's, it's, a, it's a car. Oh yeah, it's, you're not, oh yeah, you're I'm not, not from a, here. No, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't understand. You, you don't get it. Yeah. Okay, the setup uh, of this, just for the listener, the setup of this podcast is just Ryan and Jay just looking at each other talking, and I'm over here in the corner. You should take a picture. Take a picture. <laughs> put it up. Um, <laughs> so Jay, so, so like, I feel like Waterway pays pretty well, and I mean, you know, you're you're washing cars and you're vacuuming yeah. and detailing and that kind of stuff. But I feel like people tip really well at Waterway too. Um, so my high school, my two high school jobs, first one was a golf course and outside services, you know, wiping people's carts down and stuff like that was totally fine. I always had unlimited golf balls because people would just leave like one to four golf balls yeah. in every yep. cart, yeah. essentially. Um, and then like the part of the job where you got to go pick the balls off the range. And there's always that one guy always every single time. It was Tom. Of course it was Tom. <laughs> of course. Um, Does that surprise you? Who's standing on the, on the tee box at the range. Yep. Trying to hit the person in, in the, the cart, in the cart, yep. picking ball. <laughs> I'm just like, all I'm doing is trying to get your golf balls off of the grass 
into a bucket so that I can get them back to you so you can hit more of them. Jay, and what are you doing? You're I trying can... to divert me at every chance that you get. I have so many memories. This this is going this is to awesome. date things a little bit, but I had a um I had a mini disc player that I would like you know, oh, like listen a CD, to, like, yeah, like a, but like the, oh, but the mini one, oh yeah, you remember that yeah. was like it was hot for about a year there, yeah, and yeah. then <laughs> Apple came in and was like, nope, no disc, yeah, 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 we don't need a disc. Except the only disc you need is this, the little spinny, the wheel. spinny yeah, thing, correct, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd be like listening to maybe Chumba Wumba, nice, okay, on see. your mini disc, yep, and um, and <laughs> I'm like cruising along, and then there's just like golf balls just smacking the side of the <laughs> Jay, the I, can just, I can see you driving this thing, dude. Just like... Just bumping just, along? Yep, just bumping along and just yeah. getting smacked by golf balls. We're, we're under attack. I never hit the <laughs> guy in the like, cart, by the way. I was never good enough to hit the guy. So <laughs> Yeah. And and you guys know me. like, I, And you know how I like I love things just being being the way that they're supposed to be. Yeah. And, yeah. Like yes. order, and order. order and efficiency and all of that. So yeah. like, I had my route. Yes. Of course you did. And and it was like I only made one pass and I got every golf ball. Yeah. And then this person standing on the range, (laughs) just like off course, and I I get so frustrated. (laughs) So frustrated. Yeah. Oh man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that 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 yeah. That's so was this job like would you also like mow and and do things like that or was it just it was just like maintaining the course in that way it was just maintaining the course as like you know cleaning the carts turning them over you know you'd you'd wash every cart probably two or three times a day gotcha um no they had like people who actually knew what they were doing do the mowing and stuff i worked on a on a grounds crew for one summer in college and it was it was fun i mean you were always done by like two because you got out there at five but uh there were we drove some. We drove some carts into some sand traps, and we had some. There were some mishaps, man. So you, I, I didn't name the golf course that I worked at because I had a feeling we were going to get to this point <laughs> in the story. Um, <laughs> what, so this there was is my. This is going to be is, my. Yeah, there was this, were some mishaps. This par <laughs> five that um, was about three hundred and fifty yards, and then there was a creek, and then there was another. I think I know this. Do I know this golf course? I'm sure you do. I do. Yeah. And then there was another hundred and fifty <laughs> yards start. up to the green. And when it would, they always kept that hole for whatever reason was just like pristine. Yeah. And does that one finish at the clubhouse or no? uh, That one doesn't. So that hole doesn't. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a hole. There's like two more holes after that to get to the clubhouse. And so when it would rain, we would be like, oh, we got to go see if anybody's stranded. And we beelined it for that hole every time because it was like a 30-degree pitch going down. So you'd start at the tee box <laughs> and just get it. And, like, we all knew how to, you know, take the governors off. So you, like, rip off the governor, um, this is this is amazing. throw it in forward, <laughs> and you're just beelining it straight down the fairway. And then about halfway down when you hit terminal velocity, <laughs> you just crank the wheel, and you're doing, like, 360s, 720s. I mean, it was that unbelievable. Just like awesome. that is awesome. <laughs> just full, like <laughs> that poor fairway. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Kids, it's cart paths only. Didn't you know that? <laughs> well, and the great thing about it not being in vis- in like visible from the clubhouse was that the pro or the manager, whoever was working, 
couldn't see you. Yeah, you. Yeah, they yeah. Were like, and they're not driving around at that point. In the, no, it's you know, raining. It's they don't raining. Get they wet. Don't, yeah, they're like, they're those not. dang golfers. They send yeah. the, yeah. the fourteen-year-olds out to you know take care of stuff when it's raining, and they stay in there. Yeah, <laughs> comfortable clubhouse. Well, they they don't realize the fourteen-year-olds they sent out just ripped the governors <laughs> off their golf cart and are just just mowing, tearing you know, just up. tearing it up, baby, farming it. Were there any accidents? Were there any? Uh, spills? Some, there were probably some close calls. I, there had to be. There were. Nah, I mean, yeah, there were lots of close calls, but there were a few accidents. There was one night. <laughs> God, we were closing up, and I, I don't know what happened. It was, it was dark. Um, I mean, typically, like all the golfers are, you know, trying to get squeeze in their last few, yeah, sure, last few strokes, last few putts, whatever. And so they'd bring the carts back, and it would be like right at dusk, and then you end up with like forty carts. Yeah, and like right at the very end of the night. Right at the very yeah. end, and and you got to clean them all first, and then park them because you have to, you know, in the garage. There's some. They basically buy as many carts as they can fit into the garage. Yep. So there's a very specific way that they all have to go in and, like, you know, you put the beverage carts and stuff in last. So anyway, I'm standing there, and I'm wiping off. I've got, like, four rags going, and I'm just, like, <laughs> just trying to get them done and get out of there. And the next thing you know, I'm, like, tumbling backwards. There's a huge loud bang, and this guy that I worked with came flying from the clubhouse down around the corner, didn't realize how many carts oh, no. were backed up <laughs> and just like smacked sideways into the <laughs> end of the line of carts that I was working like, on. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I just could see this. It's just like a- and the the manager, the night manager came out and was just furious. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so, oh, like, I get I get it. It was imagine. dark, but I could see how red his face yeah. was. Yes. <laughs> he came out chewed into this guy and fired him on the spot he was really? like you know what out of here <laughs> wow <laughs> done done don't come back to my I, I just like i just can imagine whoa. like all of those all of those like carts like just you know mashing together and the manager just coming out and just staring like like just like what like what just happened you know <laughs> Well, and, and me standing there like he's the only other guy working. I was like, uh, uh, "Could he at least help me finish the yeah, carts?" Yeah, yeah please. Yeah, can you forty carts here? Can you fire him like at the end? Can his firing start at the end of this shift? Please? Right, exactly. <laughs> please. Oh, oh man, gosh, I, that's 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 awesome. High school jobs. We've all had good high school. They're the best because you just you Great. just. They teach you a lot of things. They teach yeah, they you do. a lot. Of yeah, things. yeah. They teach you like to actually show up to work and don't take two and a half weeks off. So. They teach some of us that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. But, but hey, hey I, at least I learned it then. Well, I guess I honestly, if you're mature, you probably would never have to learn that. But no, it's good. You know, it's I'm good. me. I learned so. something. I'm sure I learned something. Yeah, you learned how to batter fish for five and a half hours. Dude, I was the uh, the Lenten, batter boy, the Lenten go to at Culver's. Yep, I battered those fish fillets. You're welcome. Was also a dessert specialist. <laughs> thank you for your service. Yeah, 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 th- yeah thank you for your service. Um, so let's okay. So let's shift gears. This is going to be a longer episode, That's which fine. is cool. It's we're good. We're having we're having a good conversation. So let's shift gears. Um, we'll talk about. There's one thing I want to talk about at the end. Uh, if you're having a rough week job wise, don't worry. There's someone out there that I promise you is having a worse week and worse than the guy who crashed the carts. Yeah, worse than that guy. Yeah, worse than that yeah, guy. worse than that guy. We'll we'll get to that in a second, but. Before we do, obviously, this is um, it's dad tales, and you know, while we banter about other stuff, we ultimately want to talk about being parents and sort of parenthood and 
what that means. And so you're also a father like, like Tom and I are, and just want to, um, I mean, just to kind of start this kind of portion of it, like what, I mean, what have you enjoyed most about being a dad? I mean, what, yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I think what I've enjoyed most is just like watching in fascination as, uh, as our daughter has gone through, like, I mean, they, they come out of the womb as just like a, a creature, right? Yeah, yeah like, I mean, yeah. I don't think anything can really prepare you for that moment when the nurse takes the, takes the baby and like puts it in your arms. Yeah. And you're like, uh, what? What, what do I, what, what do, I, do I do with this thing? Yeah. Whose thing is this? <laughs> um, which, uh, I'll get into a uh, a quick story about the birth of our daughter without getting too graphic. Um, so let's just do that now. Let's yeah, no, now. it's fine. Hey, so sounds good. Um, when Amanda, my wife, was in labor, um, I didn't really know what to do, but I also didn't want to just like sit there and do nothing. Sure. Um, so our daughter was born at like one thirty. In the afternoon? In the afternoon, okay. okay. Cool. And yep. I was working until 11 a.m. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was just like sitting there in the labor room, just trying not to think about stuff. Oh, you were and there. I was, yeah, okay. I was there. Okay. I was in well, the room. But, sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually. No, that wasn't super clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was in the room, and Amanda was like, hey, can you do this? And I was like, uh, yeah, one second. I just got to finish up something on the spreadsheet. <laughs> Which in hindsight, you know, probably not the best look, but... But sometimes, um, but sometimes in your defense, like some, it is hard because like when you're like, when your spouse is in labor, like we've all been there, it's like, sometimes you don't like, what do I do? What do I do to help? Like sometimes they're like resting. Like there's just a lot of like, depending on the situation, like there's sometimes just a lot of like hurry up to sort of like wait. Yeah. Right. So like she had an epidural. She was fine. <laughs> I hear they're great. I hear they're great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, never had one, but... Oh, she's going to kill me. Um, so, so, Amanda, I'm so sorry. Well, if she's like our wife, she won't listen to this. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. It's a fair point. <laughs> um, so, I'm sure you both experienced this, but at, at some point in labor, the attending uh, doctor and if there's a midwife and whatever nurses are there, like they all look at each other. And there's no like hand signals, there's no talking, but they all look at each other and it is go time. And then they bring like all the stuff, like your room goes from like no one in it to like 80 people. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily's doctor like got dressed in her like battle gear and I was like, well, this is happening. Like face shield (laughs) and all of it. Yes. The the Michael Scott. Oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. Everybody stay calm. Stay calm. What's the procedure? What's the procedure? (laughs) Well, the procedure was that it was time for me to close my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So okay, something's happening. Yes, yeah, yeah. So this is this is the moment when it dawns on you that when it, that that it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. And so um, the the nurse, the charge nurse, comes over and she's like, I don't know, maybe that's not the right term. The, the, whoever was in charge, whoever was like in, in charge the room, of the situation, yeah, um, comes yeah. over and she's like, Do you want to cut the umbilical cord? No. Do you want to announce the sex of the child? No. Okay. We're good. Those were my responses. Because you didn't know what you, like, you didn't know if you were having a boy or a we girl, didn't. right? Okay. No, we, yeah. we, we, uh, we wanted the surprise. We loved the surprise. Cool. Yeah. And I also didn't want to be involved in any of those activities. Sure. Um, 
Sure. So fast forward, <laughs> you know, a couple of hours, baby comes out. Yep. Nurse hands me a pair of scissors and goes, here you go. And I was like, oh, okay. Didn't I'm, I say I didn't want to do this? We're doing this. And she just like forced it on me, yeah. which, you know, in hindsight, it was pretty cool. Um, and then she holds up the baby and, you know, they're just like covered in stuff. Everything. Everything, Everything yeah. And she's like, what is it, dad? And I just froze. And I go, uh. <laughs> and I looked at Amanda and I go, uh. And she goes, it's a girl. She already yeah. Amanda said that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a girl. It's a girl. Yeah. So we're all girl dads, which is awesome. Yeah, we are. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah. That is so funny. But, um, yeah. So our daughter is recently like she went from just being kind of very you know dormant. We've been super lucky. She's been a very good sleeper since like week four, um, and. She went from like that stage to kind of potato phase mm-hmm. and then got into a little bit of like meatball phase. And yep. she really, oh, yeah. you know, chunked out. Um, the rolls, now, the leg rolls, oh, dude. They're so good. It's, it's great. Just, it's, it's, just, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, so and then like watching her start to interact with the world. Yep. Oh, it's yeah. just absolutely it's fascinating. It's, it's money, dude. It's so money. And like, I, I'm just regularly, like daily, just in absolute amazement of, her like tactile, you know, feeling things that I just take totally for granted, but like zippers are incredibly fascinating yep. to her. Yep. Yeah. And she, if you like, I, I wear, uh, I wear vests a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just part of who I am. It's okay. Jay. We, we accept you. <laughs> we accept you. <laughs> and we should take a picture of Jay without a vest and it'll be like vest. Or, didn't remember, remember when, remember when I, there was like a funny tweet of Pope Francis and it was like, it was like vestments and investments. So it was like just a picture of his vest. And then there's like a picture of him or a picture of like the, the vestment that he wears. And then th- that was a vestment and then a picture of him wearing it. And it was investments. You sent that to me and it took me a second, just I, like it did right now. Yeah. I was confused. That wasn't really that funny. I, you know, when you like, tell, okay, hang on. You know, when you like tell a joke and you're like, Sorry. Oh, I think this is going to be so funny when I say this. And then you say it and you're like, yeah, that was like, that, not, that was like stupid. Many like, times. A day. Should we play the theme song again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do we need to restart it? Yeah. Let's uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm an idiot. You wear vests. You no, wear you're vests. Not, you're not an idiot. So like, I'll be holding her, um, when I get home from work or feeding her in the evenings and she will just like sit there in my arms and just like zip, 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 mm-hmm. zip, zip. And I mean, for for hours. Like if I let her do that for hours, she yeah. would be completely fine and completely entertained yeah. by sure. a, a zipper. Yeah, so many people have said to me like uh watching your kids grow up especially so young like watching the world through the eyes of a child. It's just like it's so simple. <laughs> It's so plain, but it's like something so marvelous, you know. Yeah, like learning everything from from nothing. It's so cool. No, it's it, so cool it really, it, yeah. Like Even we, if it's like zipping a zipper, you know. It's yeah, wild. we took Lena to the um, the Overland Park like Arboretum this weekend, so and they cool. have like, and it's so cool, and they have like some like little waterfalls, and we like walk up, and it's like, I mean, honestly, if you're an adult, you're like, it's not like, it's just a little like cool stream. It's bro. just like it's just like a little like you know fountain thing yeah. like. You know, that like someone might have in their backyard even or like koi pond. And she walks up and she's like, oh, the waterfall, it's so beautiful. And she's just like freaking out about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but you know, it's so fun. Like that's yeah. part of the fun of it is like you get so like 
in the world, you know, as you grow up and stuff, it's kind of like stuff just becomes sort of like old hat. And then you have a kid and it's just like, it just, it's just like seeing it through their eyes and watching how excited they get about stuff. It's sort of, it just is like, this is really, it's just fun. Yep. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I have a, uh, I have a nephew who's a little over two years old and we were also at the Arboretum recently and there's a, a, a whole section of it where they have a caboose and the and the trains and, and stuff normally and like yeah model trains yep. and yep. at christmas time they they kind of do it all up and he lost his little mind when he saw the he caboose saw the caboose from afar <laughs> and he went like running at it which i mean his legs are you know like four inches long so <laughs> yeah. it yeah. took him a good 20 minutes to get there but um he was absolutely in heaven i mean yeah. if you Took him there. He would have like he would have easily just become uh, a boxcar child, like yep. just lived on lived life on the rails. Because yeah. <laughs> you can. Because the cool thing about it there, if you're from Kansas and you go to the Arboretum, you can you can climb on both sides of it. Like you can get oh, up on cool. it and like look in the windows. I mean, you can't like go in it. Yeah. But like on both sides where they have the steps up, like you can get on it. It's 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 actually really really cool. Yeah. I'll need to go. I haven't been to the Arboretum yet. And it's kids under five are free. Three dollars for adults. It's like, how can you, I mean, take some picnic food, take some picnic food. I mean, it's just like, and and there's tons of space. It is, it's really, really cool. Cool. So it's a great activity for, for kids. That's awesome. Well, no, that, that, that's a, that's a great, um, that's a great answer. I mean, I know we kind of wound around a lot of different places there, but I think it is, it is cool. And I think, you know, you, there's just a ton of good insight there for, for all of us. Um, you know, what, um, what like, what has surprised you about being a parent? I mean, I know like there's obviously good stuff. There's, 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 you know, times where it's not that it's, it's hard to be a parent sometimes, you know, what, um, like what's maybe surprised you or like you kind of mentioned earlier, like it's hard to prepare yourself. Like what was, is there anything that you're like, man, like I didn't, I didn't quite realize this or this was like surprising or anything like that. I think what's really surprised me is like how the instincts just kick in. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many times like there's, these are completely new scenarios, new things that I've never encountered. Yep. And like, there's these just instincts in the back of your mind that are like imprinted from, you know, millennia of, yep. um, of, of development and, those things, if you listen to them, they're usually right. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, and it like sometimes you want to fight them, but I think that's really surprised me. Is like if you just kind of stop and take a second and like kind of feel out what your instincts are. Like generally, that's that's really um, pretty close to what you should be doing. Yep. Um, I think I don't know. That's just been really surprising to me as a father because like my previous experience was like three three tries at babysitting in high school <laughs> and uh we we have a uh, uh a golden doodle that's a little over a year old and like those were my training wheels <laughs> <laughs> it, it is true though like sometimes like you just yeah like you it, it is kind of crazy how like just those parental instincts like just present themselves yeah in a lot of situations that you didn't really don't expect it no you're right yeah i I haven't really thought about it that much but it's so true but i also had to learn to not fight it yeah it's like sure there's times and i can't think of a good example off the off the top of my head here but there's been times when like something happens your instincts kick in you fight them you do something else and you look back you're like 
Shoot. Shouldn't have done that. Like, I should have yeah. just trusted my, kind of trusted your gut, right? Yeah, I should have trusted that. Yeah. Yeah. Or I say, like, I should have just listened to Emily. Yeah, I should have just well, listened to Well, she was absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, can, we can admit that here because they're not going <laughs> to listen to this yeah. anyway. <laughs> Speaking of our wives being right, I took the biggest L from oh. my wife ever. Oh, yeah. This is this week. This is a good story. Maybe we should end on this story. Is that okay with, I mean, that's fine. That, with so. Yeah. Yeah, so... Jay, is it okay with you? That's great. You're the esteemed guest. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so, a couple weeks ago, uh, make, Lena's, like, starting to get older, and we're at the point where we're starting to talk about, like, her transitioning from a crib to sort of a toddler bed. Oh, yeah. And I told Megan, I said, you know, if we want to transition her at some point to a toddler bed, we probably should start looking for, looking for a toddler bed because, um, you know, we need to kind of get ready for that and... And whatnot, and Megan's like, we have we have a toddler bed. I'm like, what are you talking about? We have a crib. She's like, no, like we bought the piece to make it a toddler bed, like a while back. I was like, no, we didn't. Like, what do you, we did not do that? I know we didn't. I'm trust me, we didn't. No, we did. She she says, nope, nope, we definitely did. It's around the house. It's here. Don't worry. So I look all over the damn house for it everywhere, and I'm like, I'm I'm like. I'm like Meg. It, it is not here. Like you, I like. I think I told her she was crazy, and like, and which did not, which oh, was not good. Yikes. I, I, yeah. Jay like, and I both just recorded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we had a, we had a, a con, we had a, a conversation about it, and you only it was have to make that mistake once or twice. It was, it was a. Let's just say it was a spirited, it was a spirited conversation, and it, it wasn't bad. But like you know, the we spirited both one way conversation. Yes, and we <laughs> both, we both had very strong opinions about whether we had the piece to the toddler bed. And was this on like a not. Sunday? night or saturday night like i don't remember okay. i think it was like a saturday but okay. anyways okay. so uh, a couple of days ago i'm at work and in the middle of the day i get a text message from my wife and guess what that text message was a picture a picture of the piece to make it a toddler bed that she went and bought at target and planted in your basement <laughs> well Maybe. okay i checked our target order history and i did not find it <laughs> We share an app, all right? We you share the app. You thought of this. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so what she said is she was, of course, like on a cleaning rampage just because that's my wife like is very like type A like about, you know, she like, I'm like a little bit more laissez-faire about kind of cleaning the house. Sure. Uh, and Megan is not. And uh, so she, use she was- of French terms while we're drinking the French Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Episode. And so uh, this is the, the French. The French episode. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, so I'm like, where the heck did you find it? She's like, oh, I was cleaning the back corner. I was vacuuming the back corner of Lena's closet, and it was, like, stuck back there. And I'm like, wow, okay. I'm like, how big is Lena's closet? She has, <laughs> Lena has three closets in her room. What? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's not that big of a room, though. Don't worry. Oh, well, if you opened up one of those closets, it would be bigger. That's true. Well, what we want to do is take one of the closets, shares a wall with the master. Like, ah, uh, yeah. And so what we want to do is actually dry, like take the door out, drywall it closed, like frame it and drywall it, and then knock out the wall from our, like, in, that would basically make them the master closet significantly bigger. You're going to steal a closet from your toddler. She has three. She has three. Well. And we have one. <laughs> I mean, come on. Can we share? You know, it's like, I'm not Robin Hood. Dude, Maybe we could we could record this podcast in my master closet. It's huge. It was like the people who owned the house before us built it into the attic 
and it's like oh, crazy a journey. Dad tales on location. We should <laughs> from Tom's closet. All of yeah, all of we my could not record this in my closet. <laughs> no, I need it. No, but it, so so. It, Anyways, I told my wife, and I will state it publicly, I will never doubt you again, my queen, is what I texted her. <laughs> she loved it. She and she loved like, it. Yeah. She was. She loved it. She was like, I'm dying. She thought it was hilarious. So at the end of the day, my wife was right. We had the piece of the toddler bed. Apparently, I didn't look hard enough to find it, and now we don't have to buy a toddler bed. My mom always told me growing up, she's <laughs> like, men, this is very gener- a generalization, she's like, men, men don't look well for things. Like, they don't look hard to find things. <laughs> She's always told me that in my life. And I don't understand, like, I mean, I guess it's been true because there are times when I don't find things and I don't look hard enough. And Emily, like, moves one thing. She's like, there it is. Yep. So what, let's, I know we said we were going to close with this, but we have to close with one other thing. Talk about people who are bad at their jobs. Yeah, talk about people who are bad at their okay, jobs. We having teased a bad this. Day. Yes, yes, we teased it. Have you, yep. have you all heard about what's going on in, in Egypt? It's I mean, a funny way to introduce it. I don't know. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, have you I've heard? heard. I've heard. I haven't. I'm in a state of denial. Are you? Well, let's just say ah, someone. Come on, dude. That was... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't even get it at first. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, get a couple Casey Max into this man. There's the people. There we go. Give, the people love it. Give they the people it. what they want. They love it. So did anyways, that just come to you? It did. It's that trust your dad instinct. It, it's, it's exactly it. Dad instincts do extend to dad jokes, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, okay, so the Suez Canal uh, is the, I think it's like the one of the largest or the largest like shipping shipping lane in, the, like con- in the world. It's like that and the Panama Canal. Yeah. You have two. Yeah, so the Suez Canal, it, it encompasses, I think, 12% of all of the global like trade by boat traffics the Suez Canal, which I know 12% is like, seems like a small number when we're talking to billions and billions of dollars of trade. Like it's a, it's a lot. And some guy was so bad at his job that he, uh, like beached his boat in the middle of the canal. He parallel parked. Yeah, he did basically parallel parked. No, sorry. He perpendicular parked <laughs> in the canal. And now they can't get the boat unstuck. So, I just pulled this up on Google because I was hoping that there would be a red line in the canal for like traffic. You know, like when you pull up your map. Oh yeah, like Google Maps. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no traffic going through. I uh, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, could be a woman. We're assuming. Uh, I feel bad for the person who is driving the boat. Do you drive a boat, Captain Pilot? Yeah, yeah, you, you Captain. Captain a boat. Yeah, you Captain it. Uh, but it does make me feel better about myself. <laughs> I mean. I just don't under, like, I know it's not, the Suez Canal isn't very big and whatnot, but like, how do you, how do you get it so wrong? Like, how do you screw it up so bad that you perfect, like you literally shut the whole canal down because the boat is. Also, that's like a huge boat. Oh, it's like. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. I think it's one of, they said it's like one of the biggest shipping boats in the world. That's huge. I mean, there must've been some navigation error or something. Something had to have gone wrong. I'm sure there was other stuff. They don't have, they don't have scrubs driving that thing, right? No. No. Or boating that thing. No. The, the size of these vessels is literally incomprehensible to me. Yeah, like a canal, like it's small on the map, but like it's big. Like you, it would take you a while to swim across it, I'm sure. 
Yeah, probably not as long as the English Channel, but <laughs> right, exactly. Is it like? I mean, how wide is it? Is it as wide um, as the Mississippi? No, it's so it. I don't think I actually don't think it's that wide. That wide, but get this: the blockage is delaying four hundred million dollars an hour in goods. An hour. An hour. An hour. Four hundred million. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yep. Wow. Yep. So it says that. It, when did that happen? Uh, a couple of days ago, but the problem is that they don't know when they're going to be able to get it unstuck. And it says that the, they estimate that the canal's westbound traffic is roughly, that stuck is roughly worth about $5.1 billion, and the eastbound traffic is worth about $4.5 billion a day. Holy so you're talking about, smokes, man. you're talking about about $10 billion or so, at least. To this, like a day. A day in traffic. Like yeah. that, that's the kind of like money that traffic's, that, you know, the, the product and stuff that goes through there and that's now stuck. That's where I'm day two, day three? Day three. And yeah. What you said earlier, Ryan, is now boats have to sort of divert around into a different route, yeah, which so, is a little more dangerous, susceptible to pirates. Yeah. So, because like the Suez Canal basically cuts. So, if you didn't have the Suez Canal, every boat that needed to get to like the ports, in, like, that they traffic through the Suez Canal, they have to go down and around the Horn of Africa, which takes roughly about a week longer. So just from a cost perspective, you're talking about adding a week to your shipping yeah. times. But on top of that, they're around the Horn of Africa in that area. You are more susceptible to pirates and other, other, there's just, there's just more danger. And also it's not, the sea is more open there. So yeah. you're also more at risk of storms, things Weather like that. Events, yeah. Weather events, when the canal itself, I mean, it, it cuts through and you're, your weather is a little bit more stable. I mean, not to say that you don't have wind or different things to deal with, but it's just how do you how do you, like how do you engineer out of that? You just like you have to dig the ground out from underneath. That That's boat? basically what like, they're doing. Yeah, they're like digging. So it's from my understanding is it's stuck like perpendicular and it's breached itself like into one of the walls. So they basically have to. They brought out like excavators that next to the boat look like a child's toy. Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, because they're not. They're, they're these massive. big. And they're basically dredging out from under the hole, and then they have tugboats that are trying to pull it out. But it's so massive that, like, you need a bunch of boats, but also you can't have too many tugboats because then the, those boats could get run into each other. Like, it's sort of, it's just, it's, a mess. it's crazy. It's wow. all bad. So next time you have a bad day at work, if you're listening, just remember, you could be stopping $10 billion in shipping per day in the Suez Canal. Someone had to have gotten fired, right? Like, someone had to have lost their job. I... You would think so. I don't know. I mean, I hope not, but yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Well, on that happy note. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, I'll just share this one, this, this little bit with it. It says the stranded mega container vessel ever given in the Suez canal is holding, it's holding alone up an estimated $400 million an hour in trade. And this based on the approximate value of goods that are moved through the Suez canal every day. And it's that was the information about the trafficking. It says every day that the vessel remains wedged across the canal adds delays to normal cargo flows, and um, there's going to be a ripple effect in the supply chain, including something that'll be interesting to watch is the price of oil. Ah, a lot of oil goes through the Suez Canal. Interesting. So, yep. Well, there we go. Hey, you hear you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Current <laughs> events. Although by the time by the time people listen to this, it's like. This is going to be probably resolved. Yeah, or maybe yeah. it won't. Dude, that would be crazy. This is like two weeks out, right? Yeah, so this, so tomorrow is going to be Easter Sunday. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Look for a special drop from us tomorrow. Yep. A little Easter, little Easter basket, gift basket. A little Easter egg. A little Easter egg. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it'll be fun. And uh, check out Casey Mack. Please uh, uh, check that out if you're in Kansas City. Of course, there's some local liquor stores. You can get it. 
get it at. If not, you can get it at um, www.kay, is it? C-E-E. C-E-E. dot com. going to make sure that's right. It is. K-A-Y-C-E-E, Mac.com. You can order it online and then also find places you can get it here locally. And um, also check out Aquam Vinos, which is uh, yeah. online as well. They import other wines outside of uh, the work that kind of Casey Mac does with the um, with the canned wine. Yeah, I'm going to look into that red. What was it called? The O-Ball. O-Ball. B-O-B-A-L. I like it. It's earthy. Okay. I'll have a review. Next and time. fire up your, fire yourself up a French 75. Yeah. Oh. Fire up a French 75, which was once again, an ounce of gin, three ounces of a sparkling wine. A uh, half an ounce of lemon juice and a half an ounce of, of simple syrup. Now, you shake the gin, the lemon juice, and the simple syrup. You pour that into a glass, and then you float the sparkling wine on top. So, it's an important piece. Do not shake the sparkling wine in your shaker. That could <laughs> pose a potential problem. Thank you for doing an actual cocktail. I just have to like express my deep gratitude for that. <laughs> <laughs> you listened. You listened to the real-time feedback. Hey, we appreciate our listeners. We do. We appreciate... Every single one. We appreciate our... Our listeners, this was this was this was what Jay Jay did this to get us to do a cocktail. I talked rough to him and run him off. And he come right by me. He wasn't ten foot from me. He went back out that path. I can't believe you still have that on. Have you listened to the Bigfoot have you episode? To the Bigfoot yeah, episode? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That. So when Jay our listeners when our listeners give us feedback, it's like talking rough to us, and we we go ten feet down that path. So I have so many things I want to say, but I shouldn't. I know. I know. <laughs> So anyway, so thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you want to come on the show, let us know. Info at dadtales.com. Hopefully we'll hear back from Mr. David Song uh, next episode. Um, please check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're even TikTokers uh, <laughs> at dadtales. Okay. What? I don't know. It's funny. Why? I just, we're uh, even we're, TikTokers. We're TikTokers. It's amazing. Okay? All right. So check we, us out. I think we have um, two TikToks. Yeah, we have like two posts, but it's okay. More than zero. <laughs> yep. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so no, and, and then also call our voicemail, which, um, I don't remember <laughs> what it is right now. I can't remember. It's like, uh, but you on. should totally call it. Yeah. But you should totally call it. <laughs> Dude, do not be, do not be upset with me. I don't know. I, I don't, I haven't memorized it yet. Okay. Okay? Yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking of Casey Mack and Alcum Venus. They're going to be like, Jay, what? podcast did you go on dude? yeah this yeah is what are you, ridiculous what are you doing uh it is 913-732-0980 once again that's 913-732-0980 give us a call leave us a voicemail please make sure that it's pg if it's not pg we won't play it on the show um and anything you leave on there that is pg might be played on the show so yeah just FYI. you got anything nope you guys thanks for having me yeah thanks again it. this has been awesome yeah thanks for coming on talking about fatherhood talking about wine and um we are out. Thanks for listening to Dad Tales, the podcast by dads for dads. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasting. And also be sure to check us out on social media at Dad Tales on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Have a great week.